Welcome to Talking Sports RG. My name is Roger, and I'm here with my co-host Grant. Grant, how you doing today, man? Doing good. It's cold here in Colorado. It's like 20 degrees. <laughs> Dude, I'm not super excited to experience that cold weather. I'm going to be out there this weekend hanging out with you. We're going to find out some fun stuff and. In terms of fantasy and fantasy playoffs and who's going to be moving on. I mean, I just made the fantasy playoffs in our big league. I am. Uh, uh, it's going to be, it's a wonky week. We, you were just, you were telling me earlier, like we got games all week. You said Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Nope. Set your fantasy lineups early. Get those bets in. Alrighty. You want to talk about. Last week's games a little bit, and then we can uh, maybe talk a little bit. I don't know. We'll just see where the wind takes us. Yeah, we can talk about last week. All right, I'm going to cut that part out. Let's try to transition again. All righty. Last week. Dude, I had a good week of football last week. My fantasy team went off, scored 166 points PPR. Um, Ended up having some pretty good bets. I lost a 14 parlay on that. Freaking uh, Falcons game! Oh, yeah. You you bet Tampa Bay, and I bet the Falcons, and Tampa Bay ended up pulling it out, man. Um. So yeah, I mean, a lot of hot storylines. Um, let's start off with my man Kadarius Tony. Just kidding, he's not my man. What, well, <laughs> dude? What? Let's talk about this guy, like. Here's one of the biggest blunders of the season, right? Dude, I mean, watching that play live, I was just like disgusted yet like odd at the same time because that was an amazing play by Kelsey. But why did the Chiefs have to run it? Like, come on, seriously. But then they they call that penalty, and I was like, yes, let's go get some like revenge on these Chiefs. Like, actually get some calls against them. And it's like, you look at all the pictures, like, the dude is clearly offsides. Like, he is in the neutral zone. His head is in front of the ball. His foot is where the ball is. Of course, they're going to call that. And I actually saw something else, like, four other times throughout the game. He had that lineup exactly, too, and they didn't call it. And they called it at the end of the game. So I could see why some people were mad. It's like, call it in the beginning of the game so that he knows, like, mm, I should probably scoot back a little bit and not wait till the last play of the game. But... I always like seeing the Chiefs lose, especially that way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's had a ton of blunders, whether it be in the Super Bowl last year and not lining up correctly, which actually turned into a touchdown, or just a few dropped passes, and then this that cost them a game. You know, and this Chiefs team, they're fighting um, for playoff positioning. They are not in the number one spot anymore. They aren't going to get the bye week this year which is a huge deal. But, man, Patrick Mahomes was frustrated after that. I've never seen him act like that before. And, honestly, I can't stand Patrick Mahomes because I'm a Broncos fan. But Patrick Mahomes, typically pretty composed, typically, like, he's got a fire, but it's more of like a I want to fire up my guys type of fire, not like a I'm going to go hit the referee in the face kind of fire that we saw on Sunday. Do you yeah. think a bit of what my dad and I were talking about on Sunday, do you think a lot of this frustration is because 
he took this like massive contract. They got rid of Tyreek Hill, and they just have a bunch of bozos in the building playing wide receiver. And this year, like they should be at least ten and three if Kadarius Tony like doesn't exist. Like if Kadarius Tony simply just doesn't exist, this team's ten and three. And they've had some missteps along the way, but their defense is firing on all cylinders. This is the best Kansas City defense we've seen, and. His wide receivers are just not carrying any of the load. And so Patrick Mahomes is making the crazy plays that we're used to watching him make, but they're just not getting the production. I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, outside of Travis Kelsey, you got nobody that's a threat. And so defenses are kind of just cover Kelsey, keep – other guys contained, which is not that hard. They're not elite wide receivers. So, yeah, when you miss a guy like Tyree Kill that can open up the second layer in that secondary of the defense, like, it's going to open options up underneath. It's going to open running lanes for Patrick Mahomes because, like, dudes are worried about him throwing down the field, and then he can just escape out of the pocket. So, yeah, I agree with you and your dad on that one. Like, there's nobody else to throw to but Travis Kelsey. And we saw in that play, too, it's like, all right, Throw it to Travis Kelsey, and then Travis Kelsey can just throw it backwards to somebody else. And everybody's just going to, like, hone in on him. But still, like, you got to have some other targets in there. Yeah. And I I want to say I agree with you. Like, obviously, this is a penalty. you got to call it. Like, the ref can't just stand back there and not call it. I also understand the side of, like, these procedural penalties, whether it be illegal formation or whether it be, like, this nitpicking of – how far off sides a guy is. Like, first of all, there's a lot of gray area in those rules, but also these rules are impacting the outcomes of games. You know? And that's, that's what these guys are like frustrated about is that, I mean, holding a guy down the, holding a guy on a route impacts the play. Right. And so, the people that are talking about like, oh, these are the same Chiefs that are that weren't complaining that they got a holding call in the Super Bowl, like, it's not the same type of penalty. And like, I understand why Chiefs fans are frustrated, but at the same time, like, this is a simple thing. Like, I watched you multiple times in high school lineup, look at the referee and say, "Hey, am I good?" And you yeah. would back up if he said no. And Kadarius Tony lines up, and you watch the video. He lines up, looks over, points, doesn't even look at the ref, doesn't acknowledge the ref, just points, like goes through the motions, and then is like set in his spot. The referee didn't say yes, no, maybe. The ref didn't say nothing. Nah. Right? Yeah. The other thing, Stephen A showed this on on his show the other day. In the middle of Kadarius Tony's route, he breaks free from double coverage, and Patrick Mahomes throws it to Travis Kelsey. And this man, like, looks visibly frustrated. He, like, throws his arm, and he's all upset that he didn't get the ball. And he's just standing there, and then all of a sudden he sees the ball coming at him full speed, and he goes and catches it. It's actually really crazy if you are able to see that um, isolation camera just on him. But I I don't think that this was an intended play. I think that this was a really great athletic play by Travis Kelsey. And I don't think that this was, like, he was excited and just lined up wrong because he was excited for this play. Like, I honestly don't think that he was expecting the ball to come his way after Travis Kelsey got it. So, dude, just a big blunder. What a stupid play to, like, ruin your season. But then 
at the same time, like that was second down. On yeah. third down, you had the or maybe it was third down, but you had another play, and they were like so busy and frustrated complaining about the penalty that they didn't even run a really good play the next time. No, yeah, the play after so, that was terrible. It's hard for me because in this spot, like Patrick Mahomes is the one guy that most people trust is going to make that play on third down. And he did it. And so like, it's hard for me to like feel bad. Yeah, no, exactly. And it's also too, like the other side of me in that game was like, Oh, here we go again. The bills are going to lose in another crazy, ridiculous way. And then they call that flag. But like, yeah, like you're saying, you got another play to run. Like cool your heads a little bit. Call a timeout if you had to. I don't remember if they had timeouts. Um, and reset and then run a, run a play again. Like, it's the Chiefs. It's Andy Reid's offense. You can, if you didn't get on that one and it's a stupid call, run it again. It's offsides. It's only a five-yard penalty. It's not like a holding call where it's going to put you back 10 yards. So, yeah. Yeah. My like, question, was- though, we talked about this in the gym with a bunch of the guys, was like, obviously, defensive offside. I'd have to look at the rules a little bit more specific because this is, like, the first time I've seen offensive offsides. But, like, was it defensive offsides? Obviously, that play gets um, – like, if he's lined up offsides and then he encroaches, like, that play just gets called dead. So, like, I need to look at the rulings of, like, when is the play called dead? Like, when do they let it play out? Like, I didn't know they let offensives offsides just play out. Like, that was kind of surprising to me. I was like, dang, why didn't they just stop the play and reset? Like, that just kind of escaped my mind. <laughs> yeah. And, it's, and I mean, like, defensive offsides <clears> – <throat> It it's really like if they're unevaded to the quarterback, like if it's putting the quarterback's um, safety in jeopardy, yeah. like that's when they're going to blow it dead. Otherwise, they're going to let it go. I mean, you saw um, Justin Fields probably had the prettiest pass of his career to DJ Moore down the sideline to really like seal the win over Detroit this past week on a free play that they got on an offsides. Really great play by them. But my bit, the other thing in this is like. You only scored 17 points. Yeah. Why is Patrick Mahomes looking like he's about to, like, assault a referee when he scored 17 points? Like, dude, it's the Bills. This isn't the Raven, like, the 2000 Ravens defense. You're at home. You're playing a Bills defense that's given up 20 in a lot of circumstances this year. It's hard for me to feel bad. So that's kind of all I have to say with that. I I think it was, like, a squirrely thing all around. I thought it was pathetic the way that the Chiefs handled it in post game and you know you take a loss you take it on the chin and you say you know what we're going to come back next week but the way that they handled it was so childish was so immature and really just showed like a lack of class Um, the Bills played a hell of a game like they straight up played a better game than the Chiefs and they deserved to win and so the Chiefs should look at that and say hey you know what that was a good game like we felt like we got screwed on a call, but it was a good game. We'll see him in January. And yep. instead, like, this became, like, a travesty of an argument. Like, oh, like, oh yeah. so, I don't know. I, yeah. I think it's pathetic. KC and their fans and Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, them all complaining about this just made me want to throw up. Like, you guys have had four straight years where you've gotten every single freaking call. Give me a break. Yeah. Yeah, no, and it shows, like, 
the difference between like a KC team that expects everything to go the way that they want it to go and then like a Philly team who's been kind of struggling the last few weeks and they they lose their cool here and there like AJ Brown's probably the one that's going to get lose his cool at first on that team but like you don't see Jalen Hurts like screaming at refs screaming at his teammates yelling at coaches like he's just like damn like that sucked all right let's get off the field Let's regroup. Let's recuperate. Like the Eagles have a pretty easy schedule now headed into playoffs. So I think they've got some time to figure out like what we need to focus in on, hone in on before we get to a playoff and make a run for it. But you see the difference between those two teams with Sirianni leading those guys. And I don't know if it stems from Andy Reid a lot, but I think it stems more from Patrick Mahomes with KC on like you just have two very different teams when like plays to go the wrong way for each of those teams each team responds differently and it's obviously the baby cry is going to get more talked about than like Jalen Hurts and the Eagles just getting off the field and accepting it like it's part of the game you're going to get your butt kicked at times we'll learn from it and we'll come back even stronger so like it's just crazy to see that I mean it happens at every level of sports it happens in freaking elementary school like, it happens in every layer of sport. Like, you have one team that's going to, like, throw a fit about calls, and then you got another team that's just like, dang, that other team played well. We got to accept it. We got to learn from it and then continue to get better from it. So, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I like that you brought that up because I felt like in that Sunday Night Football game, the Eagles had a lot of drive-killing calls that went against mm-hmm. them. And I felt like they were nitpicking a little bit on the Eagles, and you didn't hear the Eagles complain one bit. And no. they they took the L right on the chin, and they walked right out, and they said, we're going to be better next week. So, yeah, I like that you brought up yeah. that point. I think that this is a good transition point um, to talk about just other storylines from Sunday football. A lot of the games in the morning were kind of kind of trash. Um, Chicago yeah. pulled off a pretty great upset against Detroit on the um at home. Detroit was on the road, and then Las Vegas, Minnesota, one of the worst games I've ever watched in my life. That was this past weekend. I was like, what the heck? Yeah, that game was terrible. The you know what game Jets, in the morning was actually actually like really good. Was the Rams and the Ravens? Like yeah. Rams came to play, and that, that game went to overtime. Like that was actually a really fun game to watch. I think it's really funny because this Ravens defense has been getting a lot of credit for doing some like really amazing things this year. Mm-hmm. And um, they might have a good defense, but looking at their schedule, like they haven't really played any great offenses except for the only like really good defensive performance I can look at is week seven against the Lions. They beat up on the Lions at home and they only gave up six points to the Lions. But Jared Goff has looked atrocious on the road this year and outside. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to give too much credit to that. Yep. And then when they played the Seahawks, same thing. Seahawks flying across the country, they just looked flat and Gino looked terrible that game. And they won that game thirty seven to three. Other than that, I just don't think that this defense has really shown that they're like an elite defense. Like I think that they have good players, but the Rams really exposed them. Like Pukunakua and Cooper Cup just went off in this game. And yeah. the Rams pretty much did whatever they wanted to offensively. I mean Stafford was 
Um, 23 of 41 with 294 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. It felt like Nicole was getting the ball like every other play. And this was terrible weather, too. Like, this wasn't like a, like a calm day where there's no wind and you can no, throw passes pretty open. easily. This was this was a hard day to get the ball moving. And Cooper Cup had eight receptions for 115 yards. Puka Nakua had five receptions for 84 yards. It's going to be interesting because I think that like this trend could develop into something that we see the Ravens giving up a lot of passing yards, um, mm-hmm. and not be the like elite defense that everyone thinks that they are right now. What What do you think? Yeah. No, again, watching that game. I mean, I as soon as like I saw some scores happen in that game, I was like, okay, I want to watch that thing because I also had my pick. Like I had the Ravens seven and a half. I was like, oh, home game. West Coast game going to East Coast, terrible weather. I was like, give it to the Ravens. I was expecting Ravens to win by like nine or ten. But, yeah, it just seemed like the Rams are kind of clicking together at a good point. And then just looking at Ravens' next coming up schedules, like you have Jacksonville, San Francisco, Miami, and then Pittsburgh is their last game of the season. Um, Jacksonville's been up and down. It seems like they've been playing a game of like, let's just – totally suck for three quarters and then the fourth fourth quarter garbage time let's actually go off and do something but then you play san francisco and you play miami who are two great offenses and we'll see like how the ravens can handle those guys and contain tyree kill on miami contain cmc iu debo kittle on san francisco like they got two tough games there and then pittsburgh is always a tough game it's a divisional matchup they've got a great defense too um now you're playing against mitch trubisky but it's just a divisional matchup, but yeah, I kind of agree with you on that one. Like, Puganaku and Cooper Cup were able to get whatever they wanted that game, and there was some incredible throws by Matthew Stafford too. Like, if you're playing fantasy and you need a QB for this next week, I would definitely pick up Matthew Stafford. He's playing Washington, and Washington's secondary is terrible. Like, every team that's played Washington has torn up their secondary. Puganaku oh. and Cooper Cup are about to go off this next week. Like, they should each have, like, 100 yards receiving and then maybe a touchdown each. Like, Matthew Stafford and those two guys should go off this next week against Washington. But, yeah, weird, crazy game. Like, it went to overtime, and then obviously they have the punt return for the touchdown to win the game, the Ravens do. So it's just, like, one of those games where it's crazy weather, crazy game, just everything's going their way for both teams, and then obviously Ravens come out on top, luckily. So, yeah, crazy game. Yeah. And then Joe Flacco came to play, man. Yeah, he was he throwing the ball all over this Jags defense. And then Joku looked like the real deal, man. Like, yeah. this, this Browns team is kind of sneaky good with this really good defense and the way that they're kind of figuring out how to like get past it on offense without um Deshaun Watson. So that's another thing that we can keep our eye on. But uh Justin Herbert went down this week. That was uh sad to see him. He's gonna be out for the season. He fractured his thumb, I believe. Um I think, uh, on his throwing hand too. So Yeah. No good. Just brutal. Just brutal. Yeah. Uh Cincinnati destroyed Indianapolis, Jake Browning kind of looks like the real deal. Tampa Bay eked out a win over Atlanta. I honestly thought that this was a spot that 
Baker was just going to like crumble in crunch time and he came through and he got the job done and um, Atlanta wasn't, they came up five yards short of the comeback. I thought Drake London was going to get in on that last one and uh, been crazy my 14 parlay, but. Yep. No, nah, that game was crazy too. Like Mike Evans had a terrible game. I think he only had like two catches. Barely for any yards, so it's like Baker Mayfield was able to get it done without his main wide receiver target. So, yeah, that game was crazy, and obviously Tampa Bay is ahead of that division now. Yeah, and then San Francisco pulled out a ten, a uh, twelve point lead over Seattle. Seattle was quarterbacked by Drew Locke. I actually didn't think he played that bad. I thought he, I thought he did okay against the San Francisco defense. Um, Seattle ends up covering the spread in that game, but. San Francisco is definitely the big brother in the NFC, uh, not just the NFC West, but just the NFC. San Francisco yeah. pretty much yeah. can do what they want, and some team is really going to have to catch them on their heels to beat them down the stretch. But yeah. Dallas, Sunday Night Football, I got to give it to Dallas. This was the – Dallas looks like a different team at home. Like they, the confidence, yeah. the swagger that comes with playing at Cowboys Stadium – this team looks a lot different when they play at home. And when they went into Philly, they kind of like looked scared. They looked timid. And this week, they just like pulled up their big boy pants and just stomped this team. Um, this Dallas team, I got to give it to them. I've been giving them crap all year. They looked like a legit <laughs> Super Bowl contender this week. And I was like, wow. Yeah. This team's kind of scary good. Like with all the weapons they have, Dak is playing playing really well, taking care of the ball. And I think the NFC is going to be between Dallas and San Francisco, and that's going to be a hell of an NFC championship game. Yeah. And it's crazy, too, watching their offense now, knowing that you've got a kicker that can pretty much be automatic from 60 yards out. Like, that just changes your whole style of offense. It's like, okay, we got to the 40, just – if we don't get the first down, send our kicker out. You can kick field goals, and we'll make – I mean, he literally made four field goals at, like, 60 yards each. Like, crazy game for Aubrey. Like, the whole offense is just clicking. So, it's Dax throwing it to CeeDee Lamb, Ferguson. I mean, it seemed like, again, like, every wide receiver, too, for Dallas caught a pass. Like, Gallup caught a pass. Holbert caught a pass. Cooks caught a pass. Pollard, like, actually had a great game, too. He was able to run the ball, catch some passes as well. So. Yeah, like as much as we bash on Dallas, Dallas is looking really good right now. You know who else is looking good? Danny DeVito's agent, man. Danny DeVito's agent be looking fly. He's part part of the mob or something, too. He's running stuff on the side. He's like in all that. Oh, yeah. I just love all the memes of like, we expect his agent to look like this. Oh, yeah. You disrespect me. You disrespect my family. No, Danny DeVito's, Danny DeVito's been carrying this Giants team. He's 3-1 and one as a starter. Um, they're, they're playing their best football right now, which it's exciting for Giants fans, but at the same time, it's like you just signed Danny Dimes to this huge contract. This is kind of like the worst mess that the Giants could find themselves in is – debating whether they want to keep a mediocre quarterback that they're overpaying or an undrafted quarterback that they actually don't even know who this guy's going to be. Um, But he's played four exciting games. Monday Night Football, 
the Giants pull off a crazy comeback, win 24 to 22. And so does Tennessee. Tennessee pulls off a strange comeback against Miami as well. This Miami team does not look like the same Miami team we watched early in the year. You know, every time that they're playing a um, mediocre team at best at home, the line is double digits. It's like 9, 10, 11, 14. And they're just not doing the points right now. And Miami's defense is struggling. Their offense isn't looking as good as it needs to be. My, I think Miami's in a lot of trouble, not just because they're not playing well, but their last four games, they play a really good Jets defense this week on the road, uh, or at home, I mean. And then they, they've always like had a hard time against the Jets. The Jets end up coming into Miami and playing really hard usually. And then they go play the Cowboys. So if you're looking forward to the Cowboys and you're like, oh my gosh, like we just lost to Tennessee – but we got to beat the Cowboys and show that we're the best team. And you forget about this Jets team. This Jets team is going to beat you. And Zach Wilson, he's got nothing to lose. He's going out there just throwing as much as he wants now. Like yeah. now that he's already gotten benched, he's like literally, I got nothing to lose. So I might as well just have fun out here. And he looks so much better in the second half last week. So they play the Jets, yeah. the Cowboys, and then they have to go on the road to play the Ravens. And yeah, then they play the good. Bills. So their last four games are a gauntlet. And if they're not playing their best football, yeah, if they're not playing their best football, I was actually thinking about this today. I kind of like the Bills to win this AFC East. Yeah, because you got, yeah, Miami, New England, Bills. I mean, New England's not even close. It can't be up there. (laughs) And the Jets are 5-8 and right now. That's a 5-8, so. The Dolphins at 9-4, and they play... Four, I think, really tough game. Three really tough games, and then one like semi tough game because it's divisional opponent. The Bills, on the other hand, sorry, let me pull this up. The Bills, on the other hand, they've got a tough game this next week. They're playing Dallas, but they're at home. Dallas, and then after Dallas, they play the Chargers and the Patriots. The Chargers just lost their starting quarterback. Patriots don't even know what the hell is going on in their organization. And then yeah. they march into Miami. If Miami's lost one or two of those games, that final game in Miami is for the division. Give me Josh Allen in that one. Give me Josh Allen. Give me Sean McDermott. And this Bills or yeah, this Bills team winning the division and going out of the playoffs. I think the Bills are the most dangerous team in the AFC. Yeah. Yeah. So, I agree with you on that one. I'm looking forward to making three bets. And I'm actually gonna do them while we're on here. I'm going to bet the Bills to win the division and the AFC West, or in the AFC right now, and I'm going to bet Josh Allen wins the MVP. Josh Allen is 20-1 to to win the MVP right now, and I just like, I think a team that really has had a rough year, and a lot of people have kind of counted them out. I think he's going to bring this team back to the playoffs and they're going to show out in the playoffs. And I think that MVP is right up for grabs. I mean, Dak Prescott's the front runner right now, right behind his Brock Purdy. Josh Allen's going to easily beat those guys if he just makes it to the playoffs and wins a few games in the playoffs. So give me 20 to one on Josh Allen to win the MVP. And then give me the bills to win the division and the AFC. Like they may not win the AFC, but I'm pretty confident that they can win the division. That's a like great take because 
Miami's playing terrible. Buffalo comes out on top in that division. They're in the playoffs. So, yeah, I like that. I don't know. I mean, like, it's obviously the odds are against me, but you know what? If I'm getting the value that I'm at and I get Josh Allen, who is an MVP caliber quarterback, give it to me all day. Give it to me all day. Going back to what we were talking about, Patrick Mahomes took this big salary. We see this all the time. Quarterbacks take big salaries. The rest of the team isn't really filled out because they don't have the money with the salary cap. We're kind of seeing that in New York with Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones getting big contracts. We just, so in baseball, Shohei Otani just signed a $700 million deal. He's getting $2 million a year for the next 10 years. Did you see this? He's getting $2 million a year. And then he's deferring $68 million per year for the 10 years after that. So that the Dodgers can compete and pay other players. That's crazy. That's wild. That's wild to me. And I think that baseball is like really the only sport that you can structure contracts that way. Yeah. But I think that this is like a really good precedent in sports that a lot of these guys that are getting paid the big butts, big bucks aren't going to win um, as well as they did in the past. Just kind of something I wanted to throw out there. Alrighty. Anything else you want to talk about last week? I mean, CJ Stroud got hurt. Nico Collins yeah, got I'm hurt. Unfortunate. Yeah. Just injuries. I mean, CJ Stroud one sucked. He hit his head so hard on the ground, so he's in concussion protocol. But I don't think we've had a concussion protocol this year in the NFL, like, cause guys to miss a week. Like, it seems like they get it Sunday, and then by next Sunday, it's like, all right, you're good to go. So I don't know if the NFL has been talking with doctors and stuff, if they found a new way to, like, analyze if concussions are good to go. So, yeah, hopefully he can get back in the mix. Um, I'm good. I got them on most of my teams, but I got two fantasy teams that are on bye this week. So rest up, CJ. I'm going to need you. But, yeah, injuries kind of just all over the place again. We'll see how these last four weeks kind of pan out. I think we're going to have a lot of shifts happening in our playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Thursday night, football. Mm. Chargers, Chargers, Raiders. Chargers got a quarterback this week. Easton Stick sounds like a sounds like a baseball bat. Honestly, sounds like a baseball bat, a hockey stick, <laughs> something. Yeah, give me that Easton Stick. Yeah, kind of crazy. Yeah, but yeah, I mean Raiders and Minnesota game was terrible. So I have no idea. And this is a divisional matchup. Just two terrible offenses going at each other right now. Yep. I really don't have many thoughts on this game. I mean, if you got Devontae Adams, you're starting him. I don't know how much confidence yeah. you have in him. And then you're starting guys like Eckler and Keenan Allen, but it's just going to be really hard to get any production when both these teams are playing with backup quarterbacks, and it's just kind of a terrible game. Uh, but we yeah. have three games on Saturday. That's going to be kind of fun. So, what are we looking forward to on Saturday? We start off the day with Minnesota and Cincinnati. Both of these teams, seven seven and six, they're both jockeying for playoff positioning. Actually, 
every single team that's playing on Sunday or Saturday is jockeying for playoffs right now. Yeah. So Minnesota and Cincinnati, Cincinnati is going to be at home. Seems like it's going to be good weather. Minnesota looked terrible this past week against Vegas. What are your thoughts oh, yeah. on this game? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Nick Mullins is starting now at QB through Minnesota. And, uh, did they come and out and say the that? Justin Jefferson. I think they did. I saw some today. I think he's going to start over Dobbs. So you got another switch at QB for his Minnesota team. And then it sucked to see Justin Jefferson get hurt again and just get, like, totally nailed into the back. Like, oh, that just is brutal to watch. So – We'll see if this Minnesota team can move the ball. But Cincinnati, I mean, has been looking great. Browning's been able to move the ball well. He's getting the ball to mix in, getting it to chase, getting it down the field. They're at home. So uh, give me Cincinnati in this one for sure. Yeah, I'm right right there with you. I think Browning is going to continue to kind of thrive in this offense. I think that they're going to get him easy passes and let Jamar Chase and T. Higgins just make plays in space. Um, Yeah. I'm kind of between a rock and a hard place. I'd actually love to get your like thoughts on this. I have Jake Browning on my fantasy uh, roster right now, and I've got Jake Browning who's playing this Minnesota defense. I got Trevor Lawrence playing the Ravens defense, and then I got Baker Mayfield, and he's playing the. I'm sorry, he's playing the Green Bay defense. Mm. I have no idea which quarterback I'm going to start this week. So I'm I would leaving. definitely take Browning and. Lawrence over Mayfield. I mean, Mayfield's Mayfield's a coin toss. He could play well or he could have a terrible game. Browning's been doing well. Um, but, again, it's, like, hard to skip over a name like Trevor Lawrence. It's like, it's Trevor Lawrence. Why would I not start him? But, again, we've seen, like, the last three games with him. It's like they've totally sucked for three quarters. And then that last quarter, they're like, all right, now let's play football and let's get some garbage time. Let's throw it. Let's get it to ETN. Get it to Ingram. Get it to our guys down the field. So. Yeah, I'm. That's a tough call right there. <laughs> now here's here's my deal with the Jaguars is the Bengals game was kind of weird. Like you, you don't know who this backup quarterback's going to be. It's hard to prepare for him. I want to I yep. want to give him the benefit of the doubt in that game. This Browns game, your quarterback comes out, he's hurt. Has a slow start. I'm, I understand that part. And then you come out and you're throwing the ball like crazy in the fourth quarter. Browns defense is really good. This is a spot that Jacksonville really has to like own up to who they are. Yeah. This is a, such a make or break game for this offense. And I think that if you see a really strong Jaguars team, this could be a scary Jaguars team going into the playoffs. But if they come out flat against this Ravens team or just like barely squeak out a win against this Ravens team at home on Sunday night, it's going to be one of those things that you're like, are the Jags legit or are they just going to choke in the first round of the playoffs? So, like I said, this is going to be a game that all the eyes are on the Jaguars. It's primetime football, right? And Trevor Lawrence... I think that this is where the rubber meets the road. Like, are you going to be a legit franchise quarterback? Are you going to elevate this franchise and elevate this squad? Or are you going to just kind of be a young guy that wins here or there, loses here or there? And this is where he really gets to cement 
what his legacy is going to be. This is kind of like that first stepping stone. Like we saw a really cool comeback last year in the playoffs and his first shot at the playoffs. And we don't even count the Urban Meyer year, but this is like where the rubber has to meet the road and Trevor Lawrence has to step up and be the MVP type player that Jacksonville drafted him to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. And watching the Rams this last week too, like Stafford was able to throw on this Ravens defense. Yep. So we expect like Trevor, you got to do the same thing. Get it to your targets. I know. I think Zay Jones is hurt. Someone's hurt in the in the wide receiver room for Jacksonville. I can't remember who. It's like finally you have a chance. Get the ball to Calvin Ridley down the field. Keep slinging it to Ingram. Keep running screens to ETN. But you have a shot to establish yourself as a QB heading into these playoffs. Like. Throw the ball down the field. Let's see some amazing offense by this Jacksonville offense. Like, I'm ready for it. Yeah, so Christian Kirk's out right now and Jamal Agnew's out right now. And so mm. we'll kind of see what this oh, offense yeah. we'll kind of see what this offense looks like. But you saw down the stretch, it looked like um I forget which corner they were targeting, but the Rams threw at the same cornerback um probably three, four times down the stretch. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to me. I think Jacksonville may take a, the same approach, where like they're pounding the ball with ETN, but then they're really just attacking um, with Ingram and with Calvin Ridley. I don't know, man. It's hard because I want to start Calvin Ridley in this game. Calvin Ridley's been so hit or miss all year. Yeah, yeah. I need him to hit this yeah, week for playoffs. Time, Big decisions. It's fantasy playoffs. <laughs> yeah, man. This. And this is big time. This is big time. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to put Calvin Ridley in my lineup. I think that Calvin Ridley is going to show up on prime time. And I think that it's going to be a fun, like, coming out party for these Jags. Um, And I hope I'm right. But I hope so. I guess we'll be watching this game. We might be watching this game together on Sunday. That is true. Um, But yeah, there's some good games this week. I'm excited to break down some more of them with you, but um, just to like kind of highlight the other two Saturday games, Pittsburgh is playing Indianapolis. Both of these teams have been struggling, uh, but both are in position to be in the playoffs. And so one team's got to win and one team's got to lose. And I think that this is going to be like the battle of mid and we're going to see a lot of good plays and a lot of bad plays. Like I think that this could be a more higher scoring game. In the 20s for both sides. I'm going to take the over in this game. But it's going to be an interesting one, to say the least. And then our nightcap, the Broncos are going into Detroit. Detroit's coming off of... uh, Detroit's coming off of two road games. And after the first half in New Orleans, they've looked like crap for six quarters. So the story is really going to be... Which Detroit Lions team do we get? Do we get the Detroit Lions team that we saw early in the year? Or are we going to get to see the Detroit Lions team that we've seen for the past four weeks? Um, twice against the Bears and then against the Packers and the Saints. That yeah. has just left something to be desired. So Denver's defense looking hot, but they were playing Easton Stick last week, most of the game. So <laughs> I think yep. that this will be a test for Denver. But it'll also be a test for the Lions, and I think that it's going to make or break one of these teams' seasons. And you can quote me on that. Whichever team loses this game, they're kind of going to be out of it this year. So, 
Yeah, no, I mean, and it's Detroit at home. Detroit's played a little bit better when they've been at home, but if Denver can come in and make a statement and win this game against Detroit and get some shutouts, like, Denver's going to be in it for sure. Like, we've got so many teams in the AFC right now sitting at that 7-6 and six spot. So, Pittsburgh and Indianapolis are two of them. Denver's right there. Cincinnati's right there. So, we're going to have some fun in the AFC. Yep, yep, yep. All righty. I think that we can save our Sunday matchups, break some of those down a little bit later. I think that you have to go, is that correct? I do have to go, and maybe we can get some uh, live podcasts this weekend because we'll be together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to try to sneak my microphone in my bag, um, wife permitting. Um, but yep. <laughs> we'll see We'll see what we can do. So uh, I will – See you this weekend. I'm excited to break down football, watch football, and make some picks. Um, how'd you do this weekend on your picks, by the way? Uh, I think I got three of them. I got that Tampa Bay one. I missed the freaking Vegas and uh, Minnesota one. I had the over in that one, so that one was awesome to watch. Yeah, that was a bad take. <laughs> um, actually, no, I, I missed my lock. And it was that Philly and Dallas game. And it was just every time Philly got down towards the end zone. And then Dallas was like, nope, I'm going to punch the ball out. It was just like, oh, thanks for that one, Dallas. But, again, great game by Dallas. It's, like, fun to see them kind of pull it together here at the end. We'll see what they can do in these last games, be able to make a push in the playoffs. But, yeah, I missed the lock on that one. But if those fumbles don't happen, that lock has definitely happened in that game. So, I think Philly's in an easy position to say, like, if we do face Dallas again in the playoffs, we know what we got to do. We got to obviously protect the ball first, and we got to make sure that we capitalize on our, our red zone offense. So, yeah, that one was kind of sucky, but, yeah, did okay. So, it looks like we both went two and three this past week. Two and three. By the way, I'm quite impressed with my Chicago Bears money line pick from last week. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> and my big balls made that the lock of the week. So um, I was pretty proud of that pick. But you and I have some work to do for having a losing week last week. We gotta we gotta make some good picks this week. So let's let's do a clean sweep this week. Cool. Let's look at these games, track down who we like, and make some money. All right, that does it for our Wednesday episode. We thank you guys for joining us. Please follow us on social media. Give us a like, subscribe, thumbs up, whatever. Make fun of my haircut. Make fun of my mustache. Uh, whatever you want. So um, yep. we love all of our listeners. Please let us know what you'd like to hear about on the show. And uh, we'd love to we love to hear any kind of feedback. So, all right. I think that that does it yeah, for absolutely. today. We will see you soon. See ya.